Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's July 31st, 1970. And another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by... Aria, Rebecca, and Ali. The Retrospectors. At 11am, or six bells in the forenoon watch, as Master and Commander fans will know, the boatswain's whistle sounded the daily call up spirits on Royal Navy ships around the world. But what was different about today in history, in 1970, was that this was the final time that British sailors would be issued a daily ration of rum, ending a proud centuries-long naval tradition of being a bit drunk at work. (laughs) And it's fair to say it didn't go down very well with sailors. Some wore black armbands, tots were being buried at sea, and in one naval training base there was a mock funeral procession complete with a black coffin and accompanying drummers and a piper. There was a special stamp that was issued that was available at uh, Portsmouth General Post Office with the slogan, last issue of rum to the Royal Navy, 31st of July 1970. Yeah, and when you say it didn't go down well, like my, my instinctive reaction would be to say, yeah, but that's that's the humour of young sailors, you know, like squaddies, like, you know, wearing black armbands and stuff. But there'd, there'd be, there must underneath that be a reluctant acceptance that you shouldn't be drinking at work. But actually, <laughs> having looked into it, you know, there's a fabulous ITN report from Peter Sissons, which we'll link to in the show notes, where he goes on board a Navy vessel and junior seamen are there drinking their grog for the last time. And they are clearly pissed in both <laughs> senses of the word. They are slurring and saying how it does doesn't affect their ability to do their day job but they're angry about it and you can see the effects of alcohol on their ability to do their job as they're saying that it doesn't have any yeah i mean we'll go into the history of the rum ration but by 1970 it was one eighth of a pint which is 70 milliliters or two big shots mixed with two parts of water or neat for officers it was usually served at seven bells midday to all sailors aged 20 or over but by this point in history sailors could choose to be either listed as g for grog and get their allowance or tea for temperance and the teas would receive an extra three pence per day in lieu. I mean, even in 1970 money, I think I'd probably still take the rum. (laughs) (laughs) Well, also because that's a social thing, isn't it? Gathering around to get your tot. And that's the thing these guys were angry about was they were saying this is the one time in the day where us juniors get to hang around and do something convivial and social on this ship. And that's mm. the thing they were missing, not the booze. Yeah. They, they claimed whilst being drunk. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it had come about because uh, the Admiralty Board ended up having to issue a written answer to a question from the MP for Woolwich East, Christopher Mayhew, in which they said the Admiralty Board concludes that the rum issue is no longer compatible with the high standards of efficiency required now that the individual's task in ships are concerned with complex and often delicate machinery and systems on the correct functioning of which people's lives may depend. And basically what had been said was... Ships are getting more complicated and high-end, and it will no longer do to have these people on board who are ever so slightly cut operating these high-value and, frankly, dangerous machines while under the influence. 
But sailors had always had access to weapons. That's literally their job. Like, I find this really odd. You know, oh, the technology's changed, so, you know, we wouldn't want them handling machinery. They were in charge of guns, and they had rum. And that was always (laughs) the case. What it really is, what's underlying it really, is that the jobs had become less uh, reliant on manual labour, isn't it that? Like, if we Mm. we have to employ people whose job is hard, and they're by furnaces, and they're piling up stuff all day long, then, like, the thing we have to reward them with is some alcohol, because they need some release. And Mm. now we're not employing so many of those kinds of people. Yeah, exactly. And you can kind of see this in the Hansard accounts of what was called the Great Rum Debate. So this issue was debated for over an hour in the House of Commons on the 28th of January 1970. Before everyone took a break to go to the bar. Yeah. Well, I mean, the atmosphere in the chamber was pretty goofy. You know, there were cries of hoist the main brace, shiver me timbers. At one point, the speaker said, this is a serious debate. If there is too much interruption, I may have to hang an honourable member from the yardarm. You know, there was a, it was goofy. It was funny. But... One of the MPs and former Rear Admiral, Morgan Morgan Giles, he regretted the loss of the tradition, but he did concede. And I mean, you can see this is like the most grudging concession ever. It is arguable that this is not the best diet on which to prepare to mend a radar set or fly as aircrew in a helicopter or to operate a complicated gas turbine machinery in a modern frigate. He also <laughs> acknowledged that there were problems with serving the ration on shore because if you were, you know, in the Navy and you were posted on shore, that you were still entitled. He acknowledged this posed other problems. He said, if it is issued at the traditional time of midday, the junior ratings are impervious to instruction for the rest of the afternoon. If one gives out the issue at four o'clock, they jump on their motorcycles and think that the old machine is terrific and drive away straight under a bus on the seafront. But the reason why, you know, drinks were being served to sailors in the Royal Navy for 230 years was because, well, initially it had been beer that was being taken away on voyages and it was a self-preserving replacement for water because water spoils after a while of being kept in wooden casks, whereas actually beer keeps for much longer. It does have a tendency to go sour in warmer climates and the longer a particular voyage goes on. And it's for this reason that in 1655, wine and spirits started to take the place of beer, not to mention the fact that beer is much more inefficient to carry because you had to carry so very much of it compared with wine and spirits. But that's when things started to turn in favour of rum And alongside the capture of Jamaica from Spain, that's when the Navy started to introduce rum. Yeah, I mean, prior to this, each sailor was entitled to up to a gallon or eight pints of beer per day. I mean, it was often very weak (laughs) beer, but at the same time, that would take up an enormous, insane amount of space on a boat. And as you mentioned, spoils easily in warm climates. Yeah, the Admiralty's first choice for replacement was brandy, which Mm. would have radically altered all of our cliches about sailors. (laughs) But that was French and Britain was frequently at war with France. Obviously, rum from the new West Indian colonies was seen as more patriotic choice but there had been attempts to crack down on consumption of rum prior to 1970 by the 18th century the original half pint of rum it was originally a half pint every day that was causing serious problems on ships no yeah i know right (laughs) it was actually twice a day as well So in 1740, Admiral Edward Vernon ordered the ration to be mixed with water and spread over two servings. And this mixture came to be called grog in honour of Vernon, whose nickname was Old Grog. And that was because yeah. he always he always wore a cloak made of a fabric that was called grogram. It's actually called grogram. You may, have, you may have heard of it. But he mm. always wore that. That was a trademark outfit. And so they started calling this watery rum mixture grog. 
And to make it taste of anything, they had to add other ingredients to it, like lemon and lime and sugar and cinnamon. So in a strange sort of way, really, for Sounds hundreds delightful. of years. delightful. <laughs> the Navy were basically drinking cocktails, weren't they? Yeah. <laughs> they just wouldn't have called it that. Um, and it kept getting reduced. So the ration actually, I mean, even by 1950, sailors were being allowed just an eighth of a pint. If, you, if you're operating a machine gun, it's probably not a good idea. But it's not the same as drinking a pint of rum, is it? No, it is better. And, you know, the wrath that this evoked in the House of Commons in 1970 was even more bizarre, considering that the Admiralty, they weren't even trying to instate a no-alcohol policy on ships. You know, James Wellbeloved said... As a sop, my honourable friend is offering to ease this anger of the lower decks by a minute increase in the volume of beer that might be purchased by a rating. The strict limit of one pint or two 12-ounce cans as laid down in regulations is to be increased. To what? The magnificent sum of three cans, one and a half pints? <laughs> Although that is still the current uh, permitted amount. Sailors these days are permitted to buy up to three cans of beer each day, but they have to drink it when they're off duty. Which does make sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, uh, sailors in the early days before this watering down occurred, sailors would actually check that their rum had not been watered down by pouring it onto gunpowder and setting that on fire. And that's what? where the term proof originates from. That's amazing. But then how do you drink the rum if it's been in gunpowder? Well, I suppose you don't you don't do the whole thing. You just, just a keep a representative sample. But yeah, right. but any concoction would only light if it was higher than about fifty seven percent alcohol. So sailors would immediately know if their uh, if their rum had been got to, and that's why it's called overproof or underproof. That's a great fact because it's still like navy strength gin and yes. like navy rum is still a thing, yeah. isn't it? And I just thought it was a case of branding, but it is actually to yeah. do with it's, it the strength be. of the booze. I mean, there's such a huge tradition of booze and the Navy that goes back, which, it, I mean, like, I guess you're talking about vessels full of, of guys at sea for months. It is an easy way to install morale. Mm. But so many modern drinking idioms come from uh, this period. So, like, Dutch courage, for example, yeah. refers specifically to the history of gin and the Navy, either that... Um, there was kind of a rumour going around that foreign soldiers during the Anglo-Dutch wars downed tots of uh, Geneva, they called it then, before they went into battle. Uh, or, indeed, that the English soldiers did that before they went and fought the Dutch. But that's where mm. Dutch courage comes from. And gin and tonic. I mean, it's well known that it comes from empire, doesn't it? Sort of white people drinking gin and tonic because of the quinine um, and mosquitoes, malaria, etc. But the bit about lemon being added to gin and tonic came about because that was a way of giving semen vitamin C to stave off scurvy. Mm. You know, and that's still a thing I do on a nightly basis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I mean, we're making the Royal Navy sound like a bit of a party through history. But it has to be said that... Scurvy? You know, through... <laughs> I'm not sure I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we've said a lot about rum cocktails, but it has to be said that throughout naval history, punishments for drunkenness were extremely harsh. Mm. You know, for centuries, we all agreed that sailors being wasted on a ship was bad. But by 1970, the question was, eh, they can still be a bit drunk, right? Yeah, and there is a kind of macho test, I suppose, that does come from being able to carry out your tasks despite being drunk, right? If you can remember that six bells in the forenoon watch means 11am, yeah. <laughs> then you're still sober enough to do your job. <laughs> True. Tomorrow. Here are the best restaurants in the world, but by the world we actually sort of just mean France. Ditch the ads and get a Sunday episode when you join Club Retrospectors. Patreon.com slash Retrospectors. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.